Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Today on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin our discussion on biblical decision-making. In our day-to-day walk with Christ, we refer to Scripture for answers to our everyday questions. We believe, as we should, in the sufficiency of Scripture. However, many questions we have, especially in regard to decision-making, aren't addressed by Scripture in a black-and-white fashion. In 1 Corinthians chapters 8, 9, and 10, the Apostle Paul addresses these gray area issues. During the next three weeks, Pastor Jim explains the process of decision-making in simple biblical terms. Please listen to today's sliver of this week's message entitled, Decision-Making and the Will of God, Part 1. Well, let's start with the big things and the little things. I'm going to make the case that God's will is not a mystery, that you can And you should have confidence about doing His will. Some things He tells you blatantly, directly in His Word, um, specifically in His Word. We'll call those the big things. They're easy to see. We'll start there. Uh, I had thought it was two or three years ago. I look back, it was 10 years ago that I actually preached a sermon entitled, God's Will for Your Life. In that... I based it on eight undeniable commands from God, eight big things. You obey these commands and you will be well on your way to joy in the Lord and wisdom for daily life. Refuse to do any of these eight things and you're already in rebellion against God. These are clear statements of His will. Now, I filled a whole sermon with them before. It's a part of a sub-point here. We're going to hurry. Right, but here are those eight things that the Bible says it is God's will that you be all of the following. First of all, it is God's will that you be saved. God is not willing that anyone should perish. Second Peter chapter 3, we, we, we can read that. Uh, what did the Philippian jailer ask Paul and Silas? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's the starting point. If you're not saved, if you're not absolutely sure that your sins are forgiven because you've put your full trust in what Christ did to take the penalty for your sins, here's a starting point for God's will for your life. Be saved. The very best day to become saved is today. So don't let that pass. You can still come have lunch with us, but let's talk about you need to be saved. It is God's will, secondly, that you be sanctified. Sanctified means growing in holiness, increasing in holiness. It is God's will that you love Christ and you hate your sin so that you always turn to Him, so that you always confess your sin. Those who are confessing their sins, according to 1 John 1, 9, there are the ones who are forgiven of their sins. Or another place that mentions that, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, this is the will of God, your sanctification, specifically, that you abstain from sexual immorality. But there's a whole lot more to sanctification than just that. Number three, it is God's will that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. We read Ephesians 5.17. A lot of you know, 
Ephesians 5.18 is the passage that says, don't be drunk with wine. That's a waste of time. That's, that's dissipation. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to explain how that will unfold the Word of God to you. And there's a great parallel, by the way, between Ephesians 5.18, which says, be filled with the Spirit, and Colossians 3.16, which says, let the Word of Christ dwell richly within you. Those two commands mean the same thing, and they produce the same results. So, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Uh, that's the result of, like Romans 12, 2 says, filling your mind with Scripture so that it directs your life. That's the result of letting the Word of Christ d- richly dwell in you, to, 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 to fill up your heart and to make a home in you. Number four, it is God's will that you be thankful. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, that sentence ends at verse 20, which says, and always being thankful. Or... You've also got 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, and everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you. Are you being thankful? He doesn't say, thank God even for every rotten thing that happens to you. You're not, you're not thankful for sin. You're not thankful for, for suffering. You're thankful for God and His faithfulness in the midst of, well, everything. So you can say, in everything, give thanks. That's four of the eight. It is God's will, number five, that you be submissive. What do we mean by that? Well, you put yourself under the authorities that God grants in your life. You submit, first and foremost, to the Lord Jesus Christ. You submit to the authority of Scripture. You submit to the uh, under-shepherds that the great shepherd has, has given to you. You submit to the governing authorities that are over you. And don't cry foul and say, oh, they're, they're, they're out to lunch. Paul wrote that to the Romans, who were not very nice to Christians. Okay? Um, 1 Peter chapter 5, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you. Hebrews 13, 17, be submissive to your, to your elders, for they, give watch, they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable. So are you in God's will? Are, are you being submissive? God uses people in your life, even the ones you don't like very much. He even knows about, are you ready for this? your boss. He even knows about your mother-in-law. He even knows about all the injustice. And in the midst of it all, He wants you to treat everyone else as more important than yourself. Philippians chapter 2. So, be submissive. Number six, it is God's will that you be willing to suffer. This one is hard to preach here in America where most Christians haven't suffered for their faith. Getting to be more common, it's, it's coming our way. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Are you willing to stand firm in your faith even if it becomes very uncomfortable? Even if it might cost you something? Even if friends or family turn on you? Who knows when it might come your way? It is God's will that you be willing to suffer and stand for Him. Number seven, it is God's will that you be supportive. Now, what I'm getting at there is 
supportive of other members of the family of God, supportive of other Christians. There's this marvelous Greek word. I remember specifically where I was sitting in class in seminary the day that I learned this word, alone, and I started thinking of all the passages where I knew that that word had been translated. It's always translated one another, of one another, to one one another, by one another, uh, etc. And I thought, you know, somebody ought to write a book just based, I'm going to write a book just based on that word. Somebody published one that later that semester before I got out of school. Stole all of my thunder. And by the way, it was a really good book. Just find, be on the lookout as you read for passages that say one another, because all of them will reveal God's will to you for interacting with other Christians. Are you supportive of other Christians? Are you involved in the lives of other Christians? Do you encourage other Christians? How hard are you working at all the one another commands in the Bible. And number eight, there's seven big ones. You're going to love number eight. It is God's will that you be free. If, if you're doing those first seven things, then I can wholeheartedly say to you, do what you want to do. Why? Well, Proverbs, uh, Psalms 37, 4 Delight yourself in the Lord. I suggest to you, if you're doing the first seven big ones, you're delighting yourself in the Lord. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, that doesn't mean you get that new Maserati you've been lusting after if you'll just check off those seven boxes. No, if you're delighting yourself in the Lord, you can have confidence that He is going to be kindling in you the right desires, and you are free to do them. Christ has set you free from the burden of trying to be good enough, because you can't be. You're no longer a slave to sin, so it's God's will that you be free. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, it was for freedom that He set you free. Don't put yourself back under bondage. Now, those are all big things. But how do you go about being wise within your freedom in Christ? You know, among the myriad possibilities that come your way in the flow of life, you have to make a whole bunch of decisions. And, and, and I can tell all of you have the ability to make good decisions. Julian chose to wear a tie today. He made that choice. And, 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 and he chose to keep his jacket on in church. And, and, and every one of you made choices this morning. You all looked in the mirror and you made choices. Oh, this needs work. All right? And you say, well, that's not the will of God. Well, don't you think God is sovereign? All right? There are the big things and then there are the, shall we call them the trivial things? It wouldn't have been sin if you had chosen a different outfit in your, in your closet this morning. But what about the rest of life? Knowing that God is sovereign, knowing that He loves you, knowing that He wants to use you for your glory, how can you avoid becoming paralyzed by all the choices you have? And how can you have joy in making the decisions that you have to make? Well, let me suggest to you, 
the will of God is not hidden. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.